Hello everybody, welcome back to your Hard in the Paint NBA podcast. The NBA podcast where we ask the hard questions about the NBA. I'm your host Matt, and again joined by Michael and on this wonderful July 22nd. Not a lot's happened in the league since the last time we spoke. However, there's still plenty of fun things to think and talk about and aspire to be and all sorts of fun jazz. Uh, if you couldn't tell by the subpar news cycles the past couple days not a whole lot of fun interesting things have come out however you got a loaded docket plenty and plenty of stuff before we get to any of that let's first give a special shout out to this sponsor of hard in the paint podcast number 57 and that sponsor is fitbit see so you may have noticed that uh the smartwatch craze is kind of sweeping the nation. A lot of people go with the Apple Watch. Some people go with the Garmin, a uh, little less known Samsung gear. But did you know that Fitbit is the best activity tracking smartwatch on the market? Uh, they have all sorts of different shapes and sizes to pick from. You can get the very simple date and time bracelet that will just track your steps and your heart rate. Give you some sleep feedback or you can go all the way up to something like I did where I got the Fitbit Ionic, which is their uh, basically direct competition to the Samsung watches and the Garmin's and the the Apple watches. It's great. It's got a beautiful display, very long-lasting battery life compared to the rest of the competition. I haven't had to charge it since I opened the box a week ago, which is pretty great. Uh, And it's the best I've seen for just activity tracking in general. Uh, the heart rate sensor is almost spot on all the time. Um, so very wise choice if you're like me, trying to convince yourself to hit the gym more and, you know, look half decent for the outside weather. Track your fitness with Fitbit, sponsor of this episode of Hard in the Paint Podcast. And with that, let's hop right into some rapid fire news topics. A uh, pretty cool one to me that I've seen all over Instagram and Twitter lately. Uh, while the Kyrie 5s are almost a year old now, they're still rolling out with the colorways for these things. And most importantly, is the SpongeBob crossover. Now, Michael, ha- have you seen any of these shoes? I mean, what's your favorite? I know you're a big SpongeBob guy, and I know some of our viewers are pretty big SpongeBob guys. I'm actually not a SpongeBob person. <laughs> Never really liked it. Shoes are pretty interesting, though. Uh, it's probably done since the uh, SpongeBob creator died last year. Um, kind of puts it in perspective of Kyrie's mentality, right? His kind of wackiness with the SpongeBob stuff. Maybe the Earth isn't just flat. Maybe it's completely underwater. Maybe there's a pineapple under the sea with sentient life forms. Uh, I think it's a great move, actually, if you think about kind of the target audience for Kyrie's. Uh, every time I go to the gym and I see, you know, kids 12 and under, like a majority of the time they're in Kyrie's. Very budget line. Um, pretty kid-friendly guy. I mean, you know, he had the Uncle Drew movie. Very popular with the young folks. Um, so I think they're pretty much a success. I don't think I'm going to get any because they're a little too colorful for my tastes now but it's cool i i can i can dig it 
Um, in other shoe news, of course, we had the uh, Donovan Mitchell issue number ones from Adidas. Uh, they've been coming out with all Spider-Man themed colorways for those because he has the new nickname Spider for some reason. Uh, of course, the first pair was the typical red, white, and blue. I believe next week is the sort of Venom color, which is black and pink, which is going to be a very hard one to grab. Uh, very good so far. Reviews are coming in for those. A little bit spotty, but very good budget shoe for 100 bucks. Uh, so uh, speaking of bucks, Kyle Korver, ring chasing yet again, this time picking his fate and going to Milwaukee. Good, bad, neutral. What do you think? It's a good move because Milwaukee doesn't really need three-point shooting depth, but it's nice to have. Um, they're basically putting Kyle Corvin to the Miritich role from last year where hit some threes isn't really necessary for defense. Yeah. It, it fits that void that Miritich decided to just fuck off and go back to Europe. <laughs> he took Trump's advice, I guess. <laughs> went back uh <laughs> nice segue there but uh speaking of guys going back a lot of guys are withdrawing from kind of the u.s national team slash the fiba summer league this year and yeah kind of next year like flies dude very interesting um at this point i think the headliner is going to be uh damian lillard i think is the last big name who's still in it unless you count some of the Younger guys, like I think Jason Tatum, still uh, he's kept his name in, but yeah, all stars. I think it's just Lillard and I don't even know who else is left. Well, there was some rumors too that uh, Zion might be on this FIBA team, but uh, might have to. I mean, you know, Harden pulled out. I mean, basically they they have no real guard depth, so Zion might end up playing point and center. Very interesting, you know. Let's uh, rewind almost 20 years to the uh, wonderful highlight of LeBron's early career, getting a bronze medal in the Olympics, of how loaded that team was. And then we, as a country, decided to, hey, let's actually fucking give a shit about international competition. And now we have malaise so much and become so lackadaisical that... What do you mean malaised? Well, we've... Basically, won the past ten years. Besides that year, right? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, that was like fifteen years ago. But I mean, the last two FIBA competitions, the US won pretty much in landslides. Yeah. And so... I would expect them still to win this one in a landslide. I'm not saying they aren't going to win. I'm just saying, okay, maybe you don't need you know the top tier talent anymore. But that's almost like BM on our part, right? It's like, oh, uh, we aren't going to send our best anymore. We're still going to destroy you, by the way. Like, <laughs> that's kind of me, but at the same time, I like it because, uh, you know, as Chris Bosch has stated many times, that is often where the origination of the Miami Big Three started was those international teams, getting to know other players. You get to see kind of this cool amalgamation of all-star team talent that you don't really get to see. And uh, it's good for the young guys, honestly. I think a lot of young guys, it really starts to take them to the next level to train and compete and be teammates with 
the superstars that they either admire or grow up with or play against. Um, it's very cool. Speaking of uh, guys growing up, CP3 on his last three, still a member of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Pretty shocking here. Uh, there's a couple of weeks left before, you know, you have to really seriously consider training camp and all those things. And trade talks have basically come to a full stop. They put on the park, they put on the parking brake, they twisted their wheels sideways. What what's up for CP3 here, Michael? What's what's going on? There's a very real possibility that he plays in Oklahoma City at least until mid February. Mid-February trade real, deadline? The only real destination that makes any kind of sense is Minnesota. And that would be if Minnesota's trying to get off the Andrew Wiggins contract and also make a push for D'Angelo Russell at some point. Uh, but that's like... I don't want to say it's like a long shot because obviously fucking Paul George trade happens and now basically anything is on the table in terms of NBA trades and things, but that's a lot of maneuvering. Because that's it would it would essentially end up as a three team trade in mid February for potentially two or even three teams that might be gunning for playoff spots. Yeah, when you actually look at this team on paper with CP3 and all these other kind of random assets they acquired, it doesn't actually seem that terrible. Like if you were just gonna say, hey. Let's compete. Like, let's not like, uh, let's go for the title, but like, hey, we could probably get, you know, fringe playoff team. Maybe we can squeak by a couple wins if some key duos get injured. And not yeah, only if that, that team was in the East, they'd be fine. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, right? It's like, oh man, if this team was magically in the East, they might actually be a 7 8 seed. Um, loaded West, that's obviously going to be a big problem. Now, of course, we have proposed many ideal trades here uh, last time. Uh, what What is your favorite CP3 trade right now? Yeah, I mean, a few make sense just in terms of a basketball fit. I think Orlando, they need a point guard. Uh, the Lakers clearly need a point guard if they're going to relegate to LeBron playing the point. Um, Detroit would be another interesting place. Uh, teaming up with CP3, they are also basically in need of a point guard. Um, and then you start getting into kind of the weirder, you know, off, off the wall type of trades. So what if, uh, Philly just straight up turned over Ben Simmons for CP3? That'd be a wild one. I'll tell you that, but I mean, they would lose like a foot in terms of their average height of their team, but that'd be kind of interesting for, uh, OKC to do it. Um, Toronto would be another interesting place, although they're probably more likely looking to get rid of all their old guys, but imagine a Kyle Lowry CP3 backcourt in the East. Oh boy, thick boys. Oh. That's a pretty tough first round matchup. Um, that'd probably be about as far as they would get. Uh, the Spurs would make sense. Uh, Popovich has a history of extending the lifetime of older guys. Palgasol, Tim Duncan, Manu, LMA even. So... That makes some sense. Uh, and then the last place would be uh, Phoenix. They also need a point guard. I mean, they have Rubio, but 
Ruby is like treading water at the point guard spot, in my opinion. So I mean, it'd be nice if they had one who could play off the ball. Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, I would say I think our favorite here over at the Harden and Paint Crew is uh, CP3 for Wiggins straight up. Uh, I like that one the best because fuck Wiggins. Um, but I think our dark horse one is this Ben Simmons trade. I think that's like kind of the most interesting. It, it seems so insane, but at the same time, it kind of makes a little bit of sense. I mean, imagine if it's February, the Sixers are fourth in the East, and Beat has already missed a shit ton of games. Beat and Ben Simmons clearly are not able to play on the floor at the same time with Horford. I mean, maybe it's a bust of this whole like six nine and over team. Maybe it just doesn't work. And they legitimately just needed a smaller guy on the floor just to speed things out. Yeah. A little That's... bit of a veteran presence. Yeah, veteran presence is what I was thinking too. I mean Horford's pretty good at that, but a veteran point guard would be nice for that team. Um speaking of veterans the Wizards also in this weird spot. Uh, the the Bradley Beal issue is something we didn't really talk about a whole lot last time, and seems more and more likely that he's not moving anywhere until maybe you know midway through the season, kind of thing. Him and the John Wall contract. However, uh, I kind of started to have a similar view of them as I do the Thunder, and that is when you look at this team on paper. You know, you take just imagine John Wall doesn't exist. It doesn't actually seem that bad. Like, it seems like a playoff team in the East. Like, it seems like it could be an eighth what? seed. Who's playing point guard, small forward, power forward, and center on that team? You picked up uh, a lot of bits and pieces from other guys. So you've got the renaissance of Isaiah Thomas. Obviously, you still got Bradley Beal. You're going to have John Wall whenever he decides to stop being a Kentucky player. Um, you have CJ Miles, solid guy. You've got, um, oh, what's Bertans from the Spurs. Oh my God. Really solid power forward stretch position. Like there's, there's the team is not good enough to make the playoffs. They would make the playoffs because the East is that bad. That's what I'm saying, and I'm also saying, too, that I think this team on paper is better than the team on paper last year, which maybe isn't saying much, but it is saying much because the bottom of the East got pretty muddied. I mean, the Hornets aren't going to be in the playoffs. Somebody's got to take that spot. You know, the Knicks obviously are a dumpster fire. You don't believe in the Knicks and their six power forwards? Dude, what if they, the Knicks just played a huge jumbo lineup? Like, R.J. Barrett might play the two. Just because they have so many fucking, like, power forwards. You might as well make him point guard at this rate. Ah, I mean, oh, that's geez. Julius Randle. <laughs> so, I don't know. There's, there's some chance that, like, Bradley Beal just doesn't get moved. Uh, okay, so a, a pretty good post of this earlier today was... I don't uh, think he signed, like, a, an extension yet. Correct. Like, his his contract is, is, you know, it's not that big. I think it's only, like, in the 20 millions, like, mid-20 millions, which is a pretty uh, solid deal for 20, an all-star? 26, 27-year-old? Yeah. 
Um, so one of the other fun facts of the day was uh, if you are an NBA Reddit fan, you might have seen the thread that said, what are your spiciest hot takes this year so far? Uh, a lot of good ones in there. Uh, I think my favorite one was Devin Booker's going to get the scoring title. That seemed pretty interesting. Um, no Kevin Durant. Yeah. No Kevin Durant, no Carmelo. Uh, anyways, if you're interested in a read, you can dig that thread up. A lot of fun things there. But uh, let's move on to the main ticket item for this podcast, and that is uh, Michael's machination itself. you want to preface this for the people, Michael? Sure. So to continue from basically last episode where we were looking back on the 2010s, we decided to expand it you know, after we had such a lively discussion about whether Miami or Golden State was the best team of the decade, um, we basically expanded it to what I'm dubbing the 21st century vintage trash team tournament. So these are basically our our most fondly remembered teams of the 21st century. Whether or not they were good is basically irrelevant, but uh, you and I base, uh, each chose six squads um mostly out of nostalgia for anything and basically out of the six teams on each side of our bracket uh the top two have a first round bye um and then basically it's it's like a knockout style so i guess we'll we'll try and sim up a little bit of a knockout style um but i guess give me give me your rankings and i'll give you my rankings and then We'll kind of run through your bracket. We'll go run through my bracket. Then we'll have a head-to-head final, and we'll see who wins in a seven-game series. Yeah, so uh, very interesting. Well, I guess we'll go through uh, kind of... I guess the only rule was basically the team had to be from the year 2000 and onwards. Right, so they were basically anywhere from the turn of the uh, millennia and century. Why did I say millennia? <laughs> I mean, anywhere from Y2K <laughs> forward. Um, <laughs> and I ended up, obviously, there's a lot of recency bias and sort of what I remember. You know, I can't be nostalgic for like the 2003 Wizards as hard as I could be for someone in the past decade just because, you know, how old were we back then? And we didn't, you know, have such a big appreciation for the sport. A lot of things have changed since then on a personal level. So that may be one reason why this seems skewed towards the tens range. Uh, Another fun part is, you know, some of these teams ended up being, uh, actually most of them ended up being pretty considerable playoff teams, uh, which definitely helps out the legacy moves. Um, And really, I guess our biggest metric was they didn't win. (laughs) <laughs> so uh, I'll just go through my list and then we can go through your list so my first round pick or what, what? how are we doing this bracket my first seed well is, your your top two seeds get a buy okay my top two seeds get a buy so now I've got yeah, them ordered seems, right that seems like worthy so I number my number one is the Lab City Clippers I know what you're saying that's not a specific year but that's kind of a phase I guess 
really really fun team to watch on tv you know you've got all of these crazy alley-oops from chris paul jamal crawford to you know blake and deandre i mean there was the crazy year where deandre posterized brandon knight and then like <laughs> jamal crawford had this through the legs alley-oop to a spinning blake it was sick you know they went on this crazy win streak uh they were all of the hype you know they had probably their best chance as the clippers to be like a favorite to win mm-hmm. um, and most importantly is i still have the og clippers gear in my closet so uh great time uh fun teams and uh that's why i picked them there my my second seed is the 2001 Sixers. I know what you're saying. These guys went to the finals, and Allen Iverson's like, you know, one of the greatest point guards of all time. And that is a lot of my argument. But my second argument is, is uh, you know, in the playoffs, in the postseason, and even in the finals, I don't think we've seen one guy carry a whole bunch of scrubs that much until, you know, 15 years later where we get LeBron with an injured Kyrie and Kevin Love. And the best part is, is that Sixers team didn't have that promise of people being injured. They were just a whole bunch of nobodies and AI. So I feel bad for him. And at the same time, I'm like, oh man, if AI was playing today, he would just shred people like in his prime. So, so why, why the Clippers over the 0-1 Sixers? Um, mostly off of an entertainment factor. Okay. You know, the the 0-1-6ers are a little hard to watch on on replay. It's kind of AI and, like, a box of one, pretty much. And, like, Greg Ostertag and, and weird people. So, uh, it, it's really an entertainment factor for me there. Uh, so then my number three, so this is the, the teams without buys, is the... I believe it's the 1617 Celtics, which is the Isaiah Thomas years, which are really fun years to watch and a really interesting playoff team. Now, this was the team that lost to the record three-point shooting Cavs with Channing Frye and Kevin Love and all those guys. And this was like Brad Stevens' come-out party. You know, IT4 was in the MVP conversation, the littlest dude ever. Um, it was a really fun team to root for because they always felt like the underdog and everybody loves a great underdog story and they pushed the Cavs pretty hard that year so I feel like they deserve a second chance so this Celtics team as opposed to the Celtics team the year later which is the Jason Tatum Jalen Brown uh, Gordon-less Hayward-less Kyrie Irving-less Celtics team Correct. I took the IT4 MVP year team. Avery Bradley. Yeah. Is your second best player. Hey, well, who which who who has Avery Bradley now? What team is he on? The Lakers. All I'm saying is he's going to be a very solid pickup for them. <laughs> so then my number four is probably Carmelo's. Uh, maybe his best year as a pro, maybe his second best year. It is the 2011-12 Knicks where Carmelo Wait, has... Do you mean 2012-2013? Oh, sorry, yeah. 12-13 Knicks where Carmelo scores, averages 28.5 points. It's the scoring title for that year. 
and that's the J.R. Smith, Amon Shumpert, Tyson Chandler. I think you had Ryan Anderson on this team. Is that Lynn Sanity too? Uh, yes, it is Lynn Sanity. <laughs> and would you come to find out, all those Sorry, players NBA won champion. championships except for Carmelo. So Ewing I feel theory? bad for the uh, Yeah, pretty much Ewing theory. Feel bad for the guy. It was Mike D'Antoni. I mean, I guess he still hasn't won, right? Or no, that was Mike Brown's year. I guess the year before was D'Antoni. But uh, really fun team to watch. Obviously had a lackluster postseason. You know, they I think they beat the Celtics and then lost to was it Miami? I think they lost to Miami. Um, great time, great time. And then uh, also in that same era. My number five is the 2011 slash 2014 Bulls. Wasn't really sure which one to pick. I was waiting uh, for you to pick the Bulls, man. Yeah, I put them down lower because it feels a little too obvious. It's not hot enough take. <laughs> um, obviously, Derrick Rose, like being the you know shoe filler for like the Allen Iverson of that turn of the decade kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And you, I mean, he's probably the ultimate sob story now uh just injury after injury and then of course that 50 point game in minnesota this year sidebar does derrick rose make the hall of fame i think he will but i don't think he should you know a crazier part is is derrick rose still has an adidas contract for a couple (laughs) more years so they still got to make shoes for him it's like the fucking joss smith contract dude they just can't get off it yeah, so this was the Bulls year where they had the best record. And the reason I put 2014 in here as well is that's the return of D. Rose. You know, Jimmy Butler's finally good. This is that first, or maybe it's 2015, actually. Yeah, it's 15. Okay, well, I guess I want to say 14 just for the Nate Robinson year, but 15 for when they finally get to match up against LeBron in the playoffs on the Cavs. <laughs> And they actually have a healthy squad where it's like Kyrie and Kevin Love are there, and you got Jimmy and uh, Derek and Taj and all those guys. Uh, It's like it felt finally good to see that matchup, and we had two really sick game winners in that series too. We got the Derek Rose uh, shot clock look off, and then LeBron LeBron does it the next game. Oh, I get the series is hype. (laughs) And then my number six, which uh, is also one of your picks, is the Seven Second Suns. With, yeah, uh, Nash and Amare, all those guys, Grant Raja Hill, Bell, Raja Bell. <laughs> um, so yeah, those those are my six. So what are your six? Uh, my top two are oh five oh six Miami. This is actually the year that they won it, but I just really love that fucking team. Jason Williams, Gary Payton, just a bunch of like older guys who are just basically riding Dwayne Wade's coattails. To a championship. I think it's pretty sick. Uh, Shaq was on this team. And, uh, you know, Shaq is my favorite player of all time. So, there we go. Uh, number two, 2015-2016 Oklahoma City. This was uh, probably the best team that didn't win the title. Yes. Past decade. I mean. Blew a 3-1 lead, right? Yeah. And, I mean, that team was just so much fun to watch. Like, because they just they could beat the Spurs with athleticism. They could match up with the Grizzlies. They could match up with, you know, the fucking Splash Brothers and Draymond. They could kill Portland. They were just, 
such a really versatile, athletic, long team. Every game was fucking exciting because Russ would either help you win the game or he'd be the reason why you lost. Um, KD finally figured out fucking Kevin Durant, what his name was. <laughs> yeah, KD was, you know, obviously not as good as the year that Russell wasn't there, but it finally felt like Westbrook and him achieved a type of, like, zen tranquility. Like, they just figured out how to play with each other finally. Yeah. Um, obviously, we'd never actually see that to fruition. Uh, number three team, 2014-2015, Memphis Grizzlies. This was basically the last of that Grizzlies run from, like, 2011 to 2015, where high point was uh, 2013, when I think they made the conference finals, or they might have been 2014. Um, they were up 2-1 against Golden State, and then the infamous Tony Allen... Uh, debacle yeah that was the first steve uh, curry year where they just decided to put andrew bogut on tony <laughs> allen and play 10 feet off of him the whole game but this was really like the last true we're gonna play both a traditional power forward and a center team yeah they're teams beat the spurs there's a pretty like evident theme throughout my list of <laughs> teams that could beat the spurs uh, number four, the team not lost to the Spurs, but had they won, they pro- they would have had a very good chance of uh, beating Cleveland in the final. That's the 06-07 Suns. Um, they were just fun to watch on TV because they played such weirdly poor basketball where they were really good regular season and really bad in the playoffs because they didn't play defense very a la every other Mike D'Antoni team. Yep. Um, number five, it's a bit of a cheat, but 2012-2013 Miami, I was just, that team was fucking insane. 27-game win streak, and fucking LeBron was like, this is the best version of LeBron I've ever seen. He was legitimately putting up like 65% field goal percentage. <laughs> Yeah, his so advanced like metrics were insane, yeah. <laughs> Which is, like, <laughs> unreal to think about. And then uh, six, I couldn't really decide, so I'll leave this one to you. It's either the 05-06 Gilbert Arenas era Washington Wizards or the 2016-2017 John Wall. I'm going to go up to Boston, and there's going to be a funeral Washington Wizards. I think it's got to be the gangster Wizards from 05-06 <laughs> where you have JaVale <laughs> McGee and Gilbert Arenas and... Uh, Butler. Kron Butler, yeah. <laughs> Tough juice right there. They had two back-to-back years against uh, Cleveland in the playoffs, which were just super fun. Yeah. Some of the best first-round basketball I've ever seen. So those are my six. All right, so how do we how do we do this bracket? Are we intermingling the mixture here, or are we each going to do our own side? Uh, let's, let's see your side. We'll do my side. We'll see if the 06, 07 Suns come out in both conferences <laughs> and then we don't really have to pick a winner. So I guess, I guess you go with the three, six matchup and the four five matchup. All right. So I guess we'll start with mine. Uh, so the three, six for me is the IT four Celtics versus the seven second Suns. Pretty interesting matchup, honestly, on paper. It feels like a huge mismatch. (laughs) I mean, you've got the shortest point guard in the past 10 years versus 
co-MVP winner. Canadian point guard of the last 10 years. <laughs> the best soccer-playing point guard of the past 10 years. Uh, Amare seems like he'd go pretty much unchecked. Maybe Al Horford can can do something there. Um, I feel like the fast and loose style wouldn't really gel with how disciplined like Avery Bradley and Jalen Brown and a couple and Mark and Marcus Smart and those guys were for the Celtics. I feel like they would take more advantage of that, but at the same time, that Celtics firepower is a little questionable. But who do you think is the better coach? I just gotta both be guys are. It's got to be Brad. Both guys are basically walking up to the edge of overrated, don't you think? That's a funny conversation. That this, <laughs> I mean, honestly though, like D'Antoni hadn't been able to crack the ceiling. Brad Stevens, maybe just a, a fluke first season or two. Can't deal Wins with stars. The series. I feel like the Celtics win. Oh. Wow. Okay. Did not see this one coming. I feel like you don't really have a check for IT four. Like Steve Nash isn't really <laughs> a defensive point guard. Yeah, but you got Rajah Bell. Yeah, but he's got to play on like Leandro Barbosa. Oh man, Leandro Barbosa. That's like when he's fast, Leandro Barbosa. Yeah, this is before that first Warriors run Barbosa. That would be. I think Boris Diaw. I think Boris yeah, Diaw's Boris, on that team. Yeah. So that's basically your your Horford check. I feel like you know if you run like a it four Horford pick and roll with Nash and Boris, I feel like <laughs> the Celtics score every time. <laughs> I'm not saying much, but uh... especially because I have to look back on the actual stats. But 07 Suns. Do you kind of, do you know what the, their points per game actually was in like oh six oh seven in the mid two thousands? Like it might only be like a hundred and thirteen points a game. Or yeah, something. I'm pretty sure it was like in that one fifteen, one fourteen area. So, all right. So I think I have the Celtics winning that one. So then my four five is the just to make the years better. We're gonna go. 2011 Bulls and 2012 Knicks. Okay. That'd be a good matchup because you could actually see it on paper. And I think the Bulls win that. No offense. I like, do too. I, I feel like I mean, it's pretty I obvious. Like five games too. Yeah, like just better coaching, uh, better playoff basketball. I mean, you got prime Luol Deng checking Carmelo. He was, you know, the LeBron stopper back then. Um. I don't know. Amon Shumpert's really not a defensive candidate at this time, and neither is J.R. Smith or Lynn Sanity. So no one checks Derrick Rose. And then Joe Kim Noah is definitely better than Tyson Chandler right now. It's close, but I think he's better. And, I mean, these teams actually played against each other, kind of, if you, like, give or take a year. And I think the Bulls well, won I mean, most of those matchups. super significant because the following year, D. Rose busts up his knee and he's – I mean, it's basically the end of his career. Little did they know, five <laughs> of these players would be on the same team a couple years later. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Bulls on this one. Okay, so then you have the Clippers matching up against the 2011 Bulls and the 01 Sixers against the 2017 Celtics. Yeah. We'll start with the Lob City versus uh, the Thibodeau, the Thibodeaux. Um 
that would have been a fun ass series to watch. Yeah, I mean, obviously they didn't meet up a whole lot of times during the regular season, but uh, those were always hype games. Vinny Del Negro X teams. Yeah, that's a funny similarity. Um, very interesting. It's hard to say because I feel like this this version of Chris Paul and like Prime D Rose almost cancel each other out. Ooh, ooh. That's a spicy take. Like, I mean, you think, all right, Chris Paul's going to get you like 20 and 12, but, you know, Rose might score 35 and 5 or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I think at the end of the day, they might cancel each other out. So then I got to move to. The two guard, which is old Rip Hamilton versus uh, who was the who was the shooting guard? Jamal Crawford, I guess. Which is a cool throwback matchup, I guess. Um, I think Jamal Crawford wins that one, and then Luol Deng versus you know, like Wesley Johnson or some bullshit. Okay, Luol Deng wins that, and then. Blake versus Taj. I mean, that's a good battle, but I think Blake wins. Then you got DeAndre versus Noah, who are both rim-running oh, bigs. Yeah, yeah rim-running bigs that are now pretty much dead in the water. Um, gosh, this feels like almost like a coin flip to me. What, what do you think? Tibbs versus Doc? That is just like a fucking brutal, grinding type of defensive series. Like, this would be a great... Finals like this. This would be a good series to watch. Sure, you would have L.A. and Chicago, big markets too. Yeah, both teams are red. Both teams were favorites in that year. Wow. Ah, uh, man. Um, I think who who gets like home home court advantage? The Bulls technically had better records than the Clippers in those years. Because I feel like it's harder for. L.A. to go to Chicago, then Chicago to go to L.A. Yeah, I was going to say something similar. Um, L.A. seems a little feast or famine It's like they're either going to totally dominate a game or it's going to look terrible, you know? The Bulls feel like they'd be the more consistent team, but it's hard to stop Lob City. I mean, that team's so much fucking fun to watch. And they're so and Blake fast. Griffin's like the real X factor, so it's like, I mean, if he gets injured in like two games in, then <laughs> the series flips. Yeah, I mean the the whole f- <laughs> both of these teams died to injuries. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm gonna. My heart wants to say the Bulls, but my mind wants to say the or my backwards. My I want to say the Clippers, but I can't get past the 2011 Bulls mentally. Oh damn! Like this is really tough for me. Five seed upsetting. All right. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Clippers. I'm going to say the Clippers win. All right, so then my 2-3 is two short point guard-driven teams. <laughs> Defensive-minded isolation teams. The 0-1-6ers and the 16 Celtics. Oh, boys. <laughs> um, so this basically comes down to is the sum of Boston's parts enough to bring IT4 to cancel out Allen Iverson. <laughs> That's so funny when you put it that way. It's like the team 
He was legitimately lacking a superstar in a team that only has a superstar. <laughs> it's funny, right? It's a funny dichotomy. Um, and then you got the whole Philly-Boston dynamic. Oh, that'd be great. Um, I mean, I guess Philly wouldn't have done so bad if they weren't against Prime Shaq Kobe, right? <laughs> like, with a loaded, you know, two and a half stars plus, like, some of the best role players ever. Yeah, but that was back when you could really play hero ball. Now I you mean, legitimately need three-point shooting. That seventeen, that 16 Celtics team was kind of hero ball by these shoes got no buckets in them, Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> the the Golden State Warrior killers. It feels like to me the Celtics would figure out a way to defensively outcoach the Sixers. But I couldn't... Put Jalen Brown on uh, on AI. Then he got two really speedy guys. Like Jalen Brown's really quick. Yeah, and just I think the the threes and twos game would catch up really fast. Um, but it's also hard to say. Like, okay, if AI grew up in this age, he'd probably shoot a ton of threes too. So, yeah, but he might be more of like a Westbrook, right? Where he's just chucking them up at like twenty two percent or something. Yeah, but then he's averaging like you know thirty and twelve. All right. If O one AI had played this past year, does he put up higher points per game than Harden did? I don't think so. It's really hard to say though, but I don't think so. Harden abuses threes and fouls like way more than AI did, but you know AI also got fucking destroyed in the paint every time he went in there. So I I feel bad disrespecting AI, but I think we're gonna go sixteen Celtics. That's my upset. So now I have uh, Lob City Clippers versus 16 Celtics. So let's go through your side. Boston, LA. Man, you got like star power versus like no star power, basically. Uh, um, all right. So 05, 06 Miami against 05, 06 Washington. Wow, that legitimately could have actually happened in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. If Cleveland wasn't there. Uh, I think Miami just wipes the floor with fucking Gilbert Arenas. Um,. Dwayne Wade kind of neutralizes him. Oh, shit. Wait, no, that'd be the 1-6. We got to go 3-6 matchup. My bad. So 3-6 would be a Memphis, 2015 Memphis versus 05-06 Washington. Oof. Dude, there'd be a fight in this game, man. You got some yeah, thug players. Yeah, fucking and Gilbert Arenas, Karam <laughs> Butler. Oh, it's a fucking powder keg. Um, go to Memphis. I think they just have better veteran experience better team overall team chemistry i feel like they would close the game better yeah it, it feels like i can give the ball to mike conley and trust he's not gonna fuck it up i don't know if i could do the same with gilbert arenas yeah but at hitting the same like time, free throws at the end of the game gilbert could have like a total dame moment and just fucking shoot the lights out especially if they wear those uh those gold like shirts that they used to have yeah the tan ones yeah um, then the four five matchup would be oh six oh seven Phoenix versus twenty twelve twenty thirteen Miami. I think peak LeBron. I don't know how you bet fucking against LeBron, even though Dwayne Wade's knees would legitimately die in this series. Oh my God, you're right. He put so <laughs> many miles on him. Thing is, like a really you know who would be sneaky good if 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 uh, if this matchup happened. 
Mario Chalmers. Oh, I was going to say the opposite. I think Steve Nash would go almost unchecked. Really? You don't think Mario Chalmers being the bigger guy could guard Steve Nash and then beat him up on the other end? On the other end? Or like Prime Barboso or Raja Bell. It's like, I want to flash back to the uh, OKC Miami days where it was like Harden was the unchecked one. Like you, you didn't really have a solution to him. And does Phoenix guys almost fit that bell a little bit? What does uh, the 0607 Suns do with Ray Allen on the perimeter? Fucking corner threes all day. Yeah, but they just put up points so fast. I think they could go... That's what I'm saying. Ray Allen basically keeps you in the game. Yeah. There's no way Ray Allen isn't making four threes. He's not making four threes per game. But at the same time, he has to keep up with the pace of that game, too. I mean, he wasn't exactly young and spry anymore. Same with Mike Miller and uh, Haslam. But it's fucking yeah, but prime got, LeBron. LeBron. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, this is... Like, who 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 checks him? Like, what the <laughs> fuck? Boris Diaw? Actually, not an awful. I mean, he did it that year, right? Right? That's the year Boris Diaw at his prime spotlight as LeBron stopper. I mean, the problem is, is... If... If the Suns are just gunning it up and down the floor, Miami in transition was like really fun to watch, right? Oh, just God. Wade would throw it off the backboard and then they LeBron were so would fast. follow up with the dunk and stuff. And the pick and roll blitzes too. I mean, that's a that's pretty that's brutal true. for Miami Amari does have a significantly better defense too with Smoltra. All right, I'll say Miami wins that one. So yeah. then it'd be uh, let's see, OKC versus Memphis. Fuck, that actually sounds like... Actually, a series that kind of happened. Steven Adams versus Zebo, Gasol versus uh, Cantor. Tony Allen, okay. Against Kevin Durant. <laughs> I mean, this Conley seems... versus Westbrook. You know, if it was... Uh... Actually, wait, you'd have Andre Roberson versus Tony Allen in the series. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> Dude, this is a great series. <laughs> I'd, I'd pay oh so God. much money to see this. <laughs> oh, man. Don't you have, like, Matt Barnes on one of these teams, too? Probably. <laughs> That's, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'd want to say Oklahoma City just because you have Kevin Durant. This is, like, Basically, the best Kevin Durant, because I would say 2017 is the best that I've ever seen Durant play. And this is obviously just one year before that. And him and Westbrook, I mean, if they're if they're in tune together, they're in tune. But then likewise, I mean, they were so bad at the back half of that Western Conference Finals. Yeah, but the, here's my real trick is, is either team bold enough to do the Tony Allen offense strategy for the other team's player. Oh, I don't think so. I think that's a total Steve Kerr thing. Yeah. I so, think only Steve Kerr in the entire league would have been that fucking balls. Well, actually, Nick Nurse would have done it. We pulled out a fucking box and one on Steph Curry. It feels but, like Andre Roberson then is better than Tony Allen just because he's not a total liability on offense. <laughs> um, and they also <laughs> kind of figured out how to beat them like this year, right? I know it's not prime Memphis, but... Yeah, plus, I feel like Oklahoma City would figure out how to speed up the game, and that's that's not something you're going to do with Marcus Gasol and Zach Randolph on the floor. Oh, yeah, not with Zebo. 
All right, it's Oklahoma City, and then that leaves 05-06 Miami versus 2012-2013 Miami. <laughs> oh, boy. Prime getting... Wade versus Prime, Prime LeBron? LeBron. Wow, that's pretty cool. I mean, LeBron's Heat probably would actually win this, but Shaq, that 06 team was so much fun. Yeah. Fucking Shaq. Like, they're fucking second. Like, like Wade is, like, in a, in a tier all by himself on that team. But then you have Shaq, who's coming off, like, end of his prime Shaq. Don't you have, like, uh, Mike Bibby, too, as your point guard? Or Gary Maybe. Payton or something? Like yeah, Gary Payton, Gary Payton, uh, White Chocolate, um, who are basically ring chasing. Antoine Walker, Jason Capono, three-point yeah. champion Jason Capono. Um, Udonis Haslam, who's probably like super underrated for that series. but Is Alonzo probably... on this team? Or was that the year before? No, I think he is actually. Yeah, you're right. So that's like your backup. Fuck, you know what? You've talked me into it. All right, fucking 06 Miami. No, but no, I mean, it's a deep team, but you have no way to stop LeBron. Like, I don't, I don't fucking care. I just want, I'm fucking going with Shaq. You think D Wade, older D Wade, or younger D Wade outlasts older D Wade? <laughs> well, young D Wade was, I mean, I mean, if we talk about since the year 2000. Guys who have basically just carried a team on their back. AI, you mentioned, 01. LeBron, you mentioned a couple years ago. Dwayne Wade in the Eastern Conference Finals and that finals basically won them a championship on sheer will by going to the free throw line like 40 times a game. Yeah, it was almost Harden-esque before the three-pointers, you know? If it was me, I think I'd pick 2012 Miami. But this is your side of the bracket. I'll say 2013 Miami, so that way we can have Oklahoma City versus Yeah, that's Miami. what I was going was for. Like... That's what I wanted. Because <laughs> <laughs> that Prime matchup's insane. Prime KD, Westbrook versus slightly over overexposed Dwayne Wade. Westbrook getting blitzed all the time. Andre Roberson. Norris Ooh. Cole. Yeah. Ibaka versus Haslam. Okay. I mean, OKC oh, probably has to go small in these games. Chris Bosh versus Steven Adams? Well, Jesus. <laughs> the fucking paint is getting destroyed. Wow, that's yeah. a really weird team. This is a good series. Like, this is a matchup I wish we'd had at some point. Like, another <laughs> Miami-OKC series. Oh, man. Because KD versus LeBron in an even finals would have been fun. Not this loaded Golden State finals. Fuck, I mean, you know, at this point, it it might actually come down to coaching. And probably Pat Riley, Eric Spolstra tandem is probably better than Billy Donovan. Uh, this is, is this Billy Donovan or this is last Scott Brooks year? Oh, I thought this was first year Billy Donovan. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. It's been a while. This is tough. That's tough. Bro, I don't even know. I, I, I'm so at a loss for this one. This one is... So, okay, let's start at the top. So, you got 95% prime KD versus 110% prime LeBron. 
Edge to LeBron. Edge to LeBron, right? Okay, then the next step, you have best team playing versus Wade. Best teammate Westbrook versus Dwayne Wade. That one seems like Westbrook wins that one. I don't know because Wade is a much more efficient shooter. Yeah, he's very smart, and too. that factors in. Because think about how many more shots Westbrook is going to take from KD than Dwayne Wade is going to take from LeBron. Yeah, but then think about the knees. Like, you know, I think this is definitely like the the second half of of the roster. If Miami can rely on guys like Mario Chalmers, Norris Cole, Ray Allen, Shane Battier, maybe I think might have been on that team. Yeah, that's probably where they pick up a lot of their. They can hang in the second unit, right? Whereas Westbrook and Katie are basically one of those guys that can have to play on the floor all the time. But I mean, that and is Miami what they did just that has year. that third guy. Yeah, but Miami is that third guy in Bosch. Yeah, I don't know if uh, Serge Ibaka, Stephen Adams, Nick Collison, Darren Collison. Enos Cantor? Uh, yeah, I guess this was the Enos, young Enos year. I mean, I guess that Twin Towers is a pretty okay second who was, unit. Who was their shooting guard? Reggie Jackson? And I think that was their backup point guard, right? Yeah, because I mean, I know they played Robertson at like the two, but I mean like... Their backup two... It was some white guy, wasn't it? Uh, Wait, do they have Dougie McBuckets? No, 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 no. The blonde dude. Like Kyle something or other? Oh, Kyle O'Quinn? No, no, no. God, I can't think of his fucking guy's name, but I used to hate his guts because he would miss everything. <laughs> He's like in that Abrinus role. Uh... I'm going to look this up because it's really bugging me. Oh, man. All right. You know what? I think I'm leaning towards Miami. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, What's this guy's name? I just feel like Miami has a better defense. They can lock it down. If they really needed to play four minutes of really good defense... I feel like they could do it. I feel like Wade would figure out how to get a steal off Westbrook. Kyle Singler. Fuck that guy. Kyle Singler. Oh, gr- gross. <laughs> that nasty as shit. All right. You know what? For that fucking reason, Miami's winning this. Yeah. Again, that dude's I think gonna play eight flip. minutes. That dude's going to play eight total minutes in the series and brick fucking everything, and it's going to cost him a game. Minus 12 in eight minutes. Yeah, because you know these games are going to be close, so it's like if you lose four points, and like, you know, if there's like a four-point swing with like two minutes, 12 seconds to go, that's fucking going to kill the game. Plus this coaching advantage, I think, is not something to, not negligible. You know I mean? I think Eric Spolstra Prime Spolstra is... I mean, they figured out how to beat OKC before. Like That's true. The team isn't that much different. They are more efficient and better. Well, if anything, they're actually worse because they lost Harden. Yeah, and he was like their wrench to the puzzle. So, so you have right. the so twelve thirteen yeah, Miami out of, out of my as your side champion. Of the bracket, it's 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 the uh, twenty thirteen Miami. So then I have Lob City Clippers versus IT Four Celtics. I gotta go with Lob City Clippers. On that yeah, one. I was it gonna say, do you even have to think about this one? <laughs> <laughs> uh. 
Chris Paul, I mean, this is like MVP Chris Paul almost. I mean, I feel like he could play pretty good isolation on uh, IT4 and then... Blake was like a top 11 guy in the league. Yeah, I don't know who checks Blake. Maybe Horford, but then you have DeAndre just getting lobs all game long, so... Uh, feels but you got Kelly Olenek, right? Yeah, you do. So you have the space and pace. You maybe you can, can rip a shoulder out. Is there anybody that can injure yeah. Blake Griffin, you know... In a very suspicious manner, you know, there's only two guys that can do that: Zaza Pachulia, Kelly, <laughs> Kelly Olynyk. You got one of those guys, and maybe Patrick Beverly. All right. <laughs> uh, so I think this goes to Lab City Clippers. Uh, Doc Rivers coaching versus Brad Stevens. Pretty interesting. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Lab City Clippers. So that leads us to. Almost a year-for-year year matchup. The Lab City Clippers versus, you know, 12-13 Miami, which you can almost just look up the head-to-head stats for. Uh, big three versus a big three. Yeah, I'm going to actually look this up. So run me through your take <laughs> on this, Michael. What, what's what's the tail of the tape here? Uh, it's actually kind of funny because I think, I think Wade and CP3 both are slightly past their primes. So they don't have, like, that first and they have to rely more on savviness and efficient shooting from the mid-range which is kind of interesting um i feel like miami would figure out how to play the chris paul deandre jordan pick and roll but then this front court size is miami's basically playing small ball like their best lineup is small ball with chris bosh at the five and birdman as like the backup so Birdman versus DeAndre Jordan and just like a dunk off, and Ooh. like that's kind of that's kind of interesting. Yeah, but we get to see like I guess Prime Blake guarding LeBron, which pound for pound actually seems pretty solid, even though Blake's not super smart at this point in his career. Then you got Jamal Crawford just kind of thrown in the mix against Mario Chalmers or Ray Allen. That OG matchup, dude. It's basically like having Dion Waiters in the finals with Mario Chalmers versus Jamal Crawford for like six minutes in the second quarter. <laughs> so let me. Uh, I looked up the stats of that regular season. We're just going with twelve thirteen here. Uh, so the matchup at Staples, the Clippers won by seven. And the matchup at American Airlines, uh, Miami won by 12. Or, okay, so home court advantage probably plays into this. Yeah, so let's I would go, say Miami would have the home court advantage. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest, the Clippers' home crowd at this rate is Lakers still. So, uh, yeah, because Kobe's still in the league. Yeah, I mean, Kobe's <laughs> still Kobe scoring. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so the the first matchup, I got the box score pulled up just to take a look at a couple things here. So LeBron played 42 minutes. Uh, Jesus. Yeah, pretty 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 crazy. Uh, let's see. He had he missed all of his threes minus 15 plus minus. Uh, here's his box score. He's got 30 points, uh, seven assists, five rebounds. And two blocks. 
I'd say that's pretty uh, run-of-the-mill LeBron. LeBron-esque, yeah. Yeah. Uh, who else do we want to look at? Bosh. Wade. Wade. Okay, Wade's uh, box score. Oof. What's uh, Wade's minutes? 29 minutes. Oh, that's actually pretty low. That's not bad, though. Like, that's that's still solid. If they can get away with doing that in a series, Chris Ball's going to break down. Uh, so, Dwayne Wade, his box score is six points, six <laughs> assists, three rebounds, and five turnovers. All right. 2019 Draymond. Yeah, so he uh, the turnovers are a problem for him. Uh, and then off the bench, our leading scorer for the Heat is Ray Allen, of course. Uh, he has 14 points in 26 minutes of play. As well as five steals. Holy crap. What the heck? <laughs> what? Uh, okay. So, so Ray Allen's just fucking game for this. Uh, yeah, but they lose this one. This is the one the Clippers win. So let's look at the Clippers box score. So we got uh, Chris Paul and Blake I mean, both have 30 Dwayne minutes. Wade putting up six points is probably your problem. Yeah, that's probably your issue. Um Chris Paul's box score, 16 points, 10 assists, 4 steals. How many minutes is Chris Paul playing? 30 minutes. Oh, that's not that high either. No. Uh, Very efficient by Chris Paul. Blake, however, gets 20 points, 14 rebounds, 6 assists. That's a lot of assists. That's a really solid stat line. Um, and then your Jamal Crawford comes in clutch here with 22 off the bench. Uh, well, there you go. Yeah. Classic, like, six-man Clippers. So Crawford, that's the tale of the first tape. Now, here's how else it can look. So let's look at the one where Miami wins. Uh, we got... Hold on a second. These starting lineups are different. Ho, ho, ho. What happened here? Blake not a player or something? Ah, okay. So the Clippers for this one started Chauncey Billups over Willie Green. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We weren't expecting that one. All right, so we got uh, the big box scores here. Uh, looks like there's some garbage time in this one, so the Clippers starters don't have that many high minutes. Uh, so we got Chris Paul with a horrendous game. I don't know if he got injured or something, but he has three points, one rebound, two assists, and three turnovers. Yeah, he he must have come out of the twenty game minutes of play. Yeah, it was pretty rough. Uh, oh man, Prime Eric Bledsoe's on this team too. Uh, so Blake Griffin, his stat line: thirteen points, uh, five rebounds, three assists. Wow, the rebounds is like the really shocking one. Yeah, pretty low, but he only played twenty-four <laughs> minutes, so there was some garbage time. And Giandre actually had the most points; he had seventeen and six. Um, pretty bad. Yeah, only six rebounds for him too. Like eleven rebounds between Blake and DeAndre is very low. It must have been like a blowout, and they just like started yeah. coming back in the fourth quarter when there was just bench. So, uh, the the LeBron and Miami stat line is pretty insane. Uh, so Dwayne Wade, uh, twenty points, six rebounds, seven assists, four steals. Uh, 30, 30 minutes of play. Uh, LeBron also 30 minutes of play. He had 34 and 6. So 54 points between those two guys. Yeah, this is like Heatles to the max. And then Chalmers had 18, 2, and 3. There we go. Uh, Chris Bosch didn't even play this game. <laughs> so they went small, small, which is, I guess, probably why they lost. The Clippers Bird lost. Man, yeah. Um, 
because they started Haslam and Battier together. Wow. Yeah, I guess Haslam's at center. That's pretty fucking wild. Uh, so, yeah, so... I don't know if that's just a fluke. I mean, we got two data points here. <laughs> I would assume LeBron... We can draw a line, dude. That's what we can do. I would assume Miami would probably go small. Um, but I don't think... I don't know if Chris... I think Chris Bosch was just out that game, so that's not a definite, you know? And that was also a win streak game for the Heat, which helps out a lot. I mean, even if Chris Bosch played the five, that's still... You know, for a relatively modern era, that's still a very small lineup. Yeah, yeah. Um, Considering Chris Bosch is basically a power forward. And it pulls DeAndre out of the paint, which is a pretty big deal. I mean, this is... Uh, oh, yeah, that's true, too. All NBA DeAndre here. So. And that opens it up for, like, Wade. Yeah. That arguably could get worse. Um, you got Shane Battier there. You so. got a lot of banana boat in this, uh, yeah, in this matchup. Yeah, you do. A lot of Kia Optima, too. Um, it feels to me like... It comes down to Dwayne Wade again. Like, is he flash or is he passed? Because that first game told me, all right, Chris Paul can win this matchup. And the second game told me Chris Paul can lose this matchup. <laughs> also, the, uh, I think the Clippers bench is better. Just off off the bat. I I find it really hard to bet against LeBron, dude. It's it's really fucking hard to go against. At that season, it would have been four-time MVP out of five years, LeBron. That is Twenty-seven really game winning hard. streak. Okay, so let's think about this from a game playing perspective. You probably blitz Chris Paul on every pick and roll. I mean, he's pretty fucking good. But he's also the shortest guy on the court, and I feel like Wade is like would be like Wade and CP3 would arguably go up a competitive level just because they'd be guarding each other. And arguably, they could cancel each other out, barring Wade's knees again. Um, so then you've got Blake Likewise. rim running. You've got DeAndre sitting in the paint, and then it's up to the rest, which doesn't feel great. Does uh, that Clippers team have J.J. Redick? Now, this Clippers team, so some of the valuable bench players and other players, you have uh, Karan Butler, Matt Barnes, Jamal Crawford, Eric Bledsoe, Lamar Odom. Yo, Matt Barnes versus Birdman on the tattoo game. Ronnie Turioff, uh, Ryan Hollins, <laughs> Willie Green, uh, Chauncey Billups. I mean, you got some thug players on this team. Said Ryan Hollins, dude. <laughs> okay, yeah, let's be real. Yeah, but he only had one point, so it doesn't matter. Um, and of course, we kind of know who's on Miami. I mean, you've got, you know, I kind of like the Udonis Haslam. It's kind of like having PJ Tucker for the Rockets. No one, no, no one ever seems to game plan for that dude, and he just continually massacres people. He has such a high game impact for no box score. Yeah, like it's weird. Like that dude could put up like a two. Four and zero, and be the best player on the court. And I feel like Udonis Haslam would be sneaky good at rebounding in between Blake and uh, DeAndre Jordan. 
Like he just he would figure it out. He'd figure out how to get fucking rebounds. Like he's well, already yeah. won a championship. He's a vet. Like I think it's important to remember here too that this Clippers team wasn't exactly like DeAndre was saving them a lot on defense. And this fucking Miami year, it was like, how the fuck do you score against Miami? Like that's true. That was a I mean, huge LeBron problem was for everybody. Best perimeter defender. Wade was maybe even still all NBA defense. Blitzing pick and rolls, the five out. I mean, you were like, all right, Miami's gonna fucking score in transition, in half court, in whatever. Bettier. They're gonna hit free throws. I think the knock against the Clippers in this era was their half court offense can look really terrible. Well, it's not that it, it's terrible. It's just that it gets very predictable because you know it's just going to be a CP3 high pick and roll. Yeah, and this isn't like prime enough. And then Blake. you just fa- and then you just hack a Jordan. Yeah. I, well. Oh yeah. Fuck. We forgot about that. But <laughs> uh, you know the 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 Blake offense in this era is catching a lob or taking ten dribbles in the low block and putting up a really nasty hook. That's true. He can't shoot threes. He, he can't dribble no yet. Yeah. Yet. Now they're. And their play calling isn't J.J. Redick levels yet. And neither team really embraces, like, the three-point shot yet. But Miami has Ray Allen. And Chris Bosh. Yeah, but, I mean, mostly it's, like, Ray Allen. It's like, oh, man, if that dude hits, like, three threes in a game, like, it's fucking game over. (laughs) Yeah, so I think we're both convinced here that it's 12 Miami. That wins wins the vintage trash team cup. (laughs) Congratulations, LeBron. <laughs> you won a championship. <laughs> All right, speaking of LeBron, one quick thing before we go. So the new NBA game has been steadily revealing player ratings for the upcoming season. Mm-hmm. And, of course, these are always based on kind of the previous season. Uh, so very fun tale of the tape here in terms of who they think is better than who. Uh, so we'll just start from the bottom. So I took the top 22 players. Uh, so bottom of the bracket, they're all 89 ranked, which is in 2K, this is very important because it changes what tier of player you are. Mm-hmm. So 89 is the cusp of being like, in the next yeah, tier. Like, yeah, it'd be like equivalent to an all-star, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so you've got Kemba, Jimmy, Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, Blake Griffin, Clay Thompson, Carl Anthony Towns and John Wall, all in that 89 range, 88 range. Wow, John Wall is actually ranked ahead of Bradley Beal. Uh, kind of surprised that... And Clay. Yeah. And Cat. Why is John Wall ranked so high? Right? That's kind of weird to me. I think it's also weird to put all these guys on the same level. Yeah, because they have such completely different games. Like Clay Thompson Colin, feels way yeah, higher. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Clay and Carl Anthony Towns both at 89, and it's like, could you pick two dudes who play the most opposite types of basketball? <laughs> now there is like some really weird decimals that you could attribute to this to say that one's higher than the other. But still, John Wall. I can't believe like Kemba's so low. Actually, I think he. I thought he'd be higher. I don't know. I think actually Kemba's overrated not not overrated i just think he's 
he's pretty much a small dude, and he's never really been able to crack it in the East, despite the East being so weak for the better part of a decade. So him being in that kind of Donovan Mitchell, Jimmy Butler, Devin Booker, John Wall er, kind of area seems about right. It's like guys who we wouldn't be surprised would make an all-star team, but we would be very surprised if they made first or second team All-NBA. Then let's go to the next tier. So this is the 90 to 92. This is the Amethyst tier. Uh, So this is like fringe MVP, possibly. Uh, So you have Russell Westbrook, Nikola Jokic, Kyrie Irving, Joel Embiid, and Damian Lillard. Uh, It doesn't feel awful putting all those guys in the same group. No, I mean, these are basically guys who, if these are your second best players on a team, you're probably winning a championship. But if these are your best guys on a team, you're probably at best making a conference finals. It's it's basically like that type of player. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, you just kind of got like the range here because you got kind of the guards and then you got the big guys. Now, I guess an interesting part you can put here is, you know, we got Dame, Kyrie, and Russ here all in the same boat and Dame is higher than both of them. You think that's the right way to order that? I think it is. Yeah, in 2019 going to 2020, I, I would say it'd be a Dame, then Kyrie, then Russell Westbrook. Yeah. So the next tier is the, I think this is the diamond tier. Uh, basically, best player on a championship team in the MVP conversation. Uh, you have Paul George, Anthony Davis, Steph Curry. Uh, pretty high for Paul George. This might be his highest rated year. Um, well, that's because I mean, in terms of like a video game, he's got he's got the video game aesthetic, right? He's tall, he's got long arms, he's got defensive ability, he's a two way player. I mean, in, in terms of who you would want in like a video game, it, he makes perfect sense because he's basically like it's the right points that you want. Small yeah. forward, so he can play the two, three, the four. He can make his own shot. He can make threes. Um, you know, you can you can be very versatile. Yeah. And you don't really have to factor in injury so much into 2K. So Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, that's why I think Anthony Davis is a little interesting on here, especially because we didn't see a ton of him last year. Um, Steph. Yeah, but I mean, Anthony Davis is still probably the best, you know, in terms of like an, uh, like an athlete. He's probably the best. Top three physical specimens, yeah. Right, yeah. I mean, you might go with maybe Giannis ahead of him at this point. Uh, and then Steph's on here. I think the only reason he's so low is the size and the defense. But 95 is still absolutely fucking amazing. So, <laughs> uh, so then we have the MVP pink diamond tier. Kevin Durant, James Harden, Giannis, Kawhi, LeBron. Uh, LeBron top in the list. So that was a hot debate on Twitter, actually, because a lot of people in this offseason, you know, Stephen A, ESPN guys, have been shouting, shouting the chant that Kawhi is the best player in the league. And obviously, this is all due to recency bias, not seeing LeBron in like five months. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's very interesting how 2K revealed this, and it turns out LeBron's like a 97 and a half. 
and Kawhi is a 97. <laughs> so that's how I they know, do but it. In terms of like a video game, athleticism really matters. I think the three-point ability too. I think I'm actually kind of surprised Giannis isn't actually like lower. Number one, yeah, no, like number one. Well, I think last year Giannis was one, so he was the cover athlete last year. Especially because you know, based on what I saw this past year with Giannis, I mean, I know he won the MVP, but it's like he would be my bet to repeat as MVP because I think he's only like. 80 85 percent of what he could be yeah he's still trending so i think an important one to mention here is out of these five players playing the video game itself the most absolutely fucking annoying one that feels the worst to play against james harden used to be lebron it's james harden every single time it's fucking james harden yeah the dude makes fucking everything and he just pulls up from 39 feet and his step back just like instantly kills your ankles every time and it's just so annoying um so yeah, minor discrepancies, but I think I think it's a pretty good. Dude, mix. I can't believe John Wall's in the top fifteen. That's probably the biggest problem I have too. I mean, oh my gosh, is there anybody that has been left off that you've been really surprised by besides Ben Simmons? Um, well, I think Ben was like twenty three or twenty four, so I just took a random cutoff. Um, Rudy Gobert is also in this. 88 range, 89 range, mm-hmm. which seems kind of high for someone that has zero offense. So what's your IRL, like, player ranking? Um, if you have to pick your top four or five guys. Going into next year. Yeah. I'd have a hard time not putting LeBron at number one. Really? It's got to be him or Giannis. LeBron, best player in the NBA. I'll go Giannis, actually. I'm going to go Giannis. I think he's going to step up his game. I think he's actually been getting better and will be surprisingly better. I'll go Giannis one. I'll go... You know what? Fuck yeah. I'm going to go Kawhi two. I'm going to put LeBron three. Uh, Anthony Davis four. And James Harden, five. So the Lakers have two out of the top five guys. Yeah, but the rest of their team is way down on the list. But the team is significantly better than it was last year. I mean, that's not saying much. I mean, I said significantly. So, I mean, there's there's <laughs> a lot of improvement. Dude, last year their best perimeter shooter was LeBron. Was this Alonzo. year they have legitimately, they have Danny Green... And Avery Bradley, and I'm missing somebody else. And they could get Iggy on like a pipe dream. Boogie, Boogie, Anthony Davis, even they actually have like some Rondo there. Yeah. Alex Caruso. <laughs> yes, the next LeBron, Alex Caruso. <laughs> All right, so that will do it for this Hard in the Paint podcast. It's a little bit of a long one, but it was uh, actually a pretty interesting topic. Took me down memory lane. If it took you down memory lane too, leave a comment in the comment section below or send us some personal emails in the DMs or whatever. Please like, comment, and share as always. And we'll see you guys next time.